Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of Uncle Tom Talks with, as he would like to say, the mountain of manhood, the one, the only, Derek Wilburn. And there he is. What are you looking for, Derek? A clue. I'm looking for anything that even resembles a clue. I am Derek Wilbur, and you are on Uncle Tom Talks. This is the show that is taking the internet by storm. Episode number eight. This is kind of fun. Uh, I'm enjoying doing Uncle Tom Talks. Hopefully you are enjoying watching. Subscribe, 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 because if you do not subscribe, you are a racist. See, I can pull that card. <laughs> Everyone that does not subscribe to Uncle Tom Talks podcast is officially a racist. Uh, we have been breaking down a lot of different things on the show. I had a great guest uh, co-host last week, my friend and, and uh, member of my board of directors, Pastor Nathan O'Neill. If you didn't see the last podcast, which is titled something like White Supremacy is Everywhere, apparently, uh, you need to go back and watch that because these people, it's all they see, it's all they know, it's all they care about. But we're going a different direction today. This installment is called Parade of Radicals. And what I'm going to get into examining today is some of the people that the Joe Biden White House has sent up to your congressional representatives to be approved and appointed to sit in federal agencies that run your life much more than you would like. So these are unelected individuals, of course. They're, they're, they're going to places like the FCC, uh, the EPA. I mean, the, the alphabet soup of the executive branch. And these people are appointed as well as... So you and I never got the chance to vote on them. And what's happening now with the... Let me kill this. What's happening now, I noticed we had a lot of pixelation, so I'm going to give you that again. Uh, we're going to talk today about some of the appointees or desired appointees of the White House. So the alphabet soup of agencies that report to the White House, FCC, EPA, BLM, Bureau of Land Management, uh, FBI, CIA, these are all on the executive side of the House. And you get a real look into who is running the country and who is sitting in the White House by the people they choose to appoint to these positions. The Democrat Party has been steadily marching further and further and further to the left. Everybody knows that. But the, the idea of there being moderates in the Democrat Party, particularly at the top of the party, particularly those people who have a, a national platform, who have a, a microphone, and they get covered on a nationwide basis. Elizabeth Warren, Alexandria, Occasional Cortex, Bernie Sanders. Uh, these, these people, they're, they're far, far left. I mean, Bernie's, the platform Bernie Sanders ran on and lost in, in 2016 was far to the left on, on most issues when compared to the Democrat platform, not when compared to the Republican platform. So you had the Republican, which was center right. You had the Democrat, which was 
left. I wouldn't even call it center left. And then you had Bernie Sanders way out to the left of that. Well, what was once far left whack job socialist Bernie is now mainstream Democrat Party. This is now where they live. I mean, his ideas that were too radical for them to allow him to win the nomination in 2016. They've embraced all that stuff now. And the people that this White House is sending up to be appointed to federal positions, federal policy-making positions in alphabet soup organizations whose decisions have a profound effect on your life are some of the most far-left, way-out-there, radical, whack jobs. People that you would have never thought had a chance and didn't have a chance of being appointed to anything. 12 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Now, this is mainstream Democrat Party. This is now where the party is. If you can find me a moderate Democrat on the issue of life, life in the womb, who is not going to be out in front of the Supreme Court carrying pickets and marching and doing all this stuff, find me that person. Find me the Democrat who is moderate, uh, who is, find me, here, here you go, find me one Democrat, just one, who ran on a platform of lowering the tax burden on their constituents. Find me just one. I mean, they all vote for increasing taxes. They all vote for all the left-wing stuff, uh, with the exception of Joe Manchin, and they want him out, right, because he's no longer carrying the party line. So even if a Democrat did run on the idea of lowering taxes, they can't be that once they get to Washington, D.C. We just saw the, the Build Back Bankrupt gets passed with all Democrat votes. All this spending is getting passed with all Democrat votes. All they do is spend, 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 tax, 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 and march further and further to the left on social issues. So we're going to take a look today on Uncle Tom Talks at some of these people that they want heading up the agencies that form the policies that you and I have to live by. And before I go there, it is, I'd be remiss if I did not tell you that this show is produced back at the mothership. Okay, I'm just the beautiful face in front of the camera. Huh? Behind the glass, the man pushing the buttons, the man making the, 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 the magic happen, he's the two-time heavyweight champion of the world. He is the dancing destroyer. He is the Duke of Dukes, the Count of Monte Fisto. He's worshipped by men. He's adored by women. He is Apollo Creed. Come on, jump, jump. Come on. Come on, Creed. <laughs> Love me some Clubber Lang. So uh, it's impossible to go through this parade of radicals in, in about an hour, which is what I try to keep this podcast to. So we're just going to do three or four. How far we get. Let's take a look at some of these people. Now, it, it's it's not fair, but it's true to say oftentimes look at somebody and figure out where they live politically. That's true, particularly of leftists. I can't even explain that, but it's true. When you take a look at some of these people, these angry people, remember the, the women's march on uh, in, during the Trump years and they have their signs and all this stuff. If you were to see two or three of them come into a restaurant and sit down, you'd know instantly whether they had signs or not, whether they're wearing shirts that identified their or not. You can just look at them and tell. Particularly lesbian leftists, they, they tend to have the short butch haircuts. I mean, it's it's a dangerous place to go, but you all know what I'm saying, and you all know that it's true. They're just 
groom themselves in such a manner as to fit into a stereotypical mold. Not everybody, but a lot of people do. So uh, I'm going to just run through a couple of these people. So let's start with image number one, Apollo Creed. This, of course, is the former Dr. Richard Levin or Levine, I, I'm not entirely sure, I believe it's Levin, L-E-V-I-N. That's the former Dr. Richard Levin, the current Dr. Rachel Levin. Uh, this person is in charge of helping formulate health and mental health policy in this country. That's a Biden appointee, one of Biden's first appointees. Let's go to image number two. This individual, Gigi Sohn, they're trying at the FCC. And let's go to image three. Dr. Omarova, they want to, we're going to, actually, we're going to start with, no, we'll start with Levin. Uh, th this individual here, Omarova, she has just some of the most, the, the, her time in front of the senatorial committee reviewing her nominee nomination has been internet gold. It's been internet gold. And the only thing more terrifying than the fact that they want this individual making federal policy is that this is a college professor. And that's all you need to know about what's happened to the American university system. So we're going to start with Dr. Levin. Dr. Levin, now, of course, Richard Levin, this is, this is a transgender woman. So this is a woman with a penis and testicles, uh, was appointed by Joe Biden. Let's go with image number four to start things off. This is a tweet sent by Levin. I'm waiting for my image to come up. I'm not looking at the same bar. A new study has found that transgender youth with access to puberty blocker have declined in chances of suicide. So giving pubescent and prepubescent youths puberty blockers is good for them. That's what this is claiming. Mental health problems now and in the future. This study is important because it's the first to show this specific association. All right, so that's where Levin is starting. Okay, that that's that that's the position this person holds. Like giving prepubescent youth puberty blockers to prevent them from becoming pubescent at all is actually good for them. 10, 11, 12 years old. I mean, when do you hit puberty? 13, 14, somewhere in that range. So let's give 11 year olds puberty blockers to prevent them from ever becoming pubescent. Uh, and that's in their better interest. Now let's go to image number five, heavyweight champion. And I've got to find my own image five. Because as mentioned, I've got a completely different setup going here than you do. Um, I'm going to try to read this off screen because mine is mine. I have a problem. I can't see the very beginning. Hey, hey, heavyweight champion, will you read that first sentence for the people, please? You got it. Uh, from the National Pulse. Can you read? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so from the National Pulse, Dr. Levine, Levin, whatever, has advocated for sex changes for pre-pubertal people, otherwise known as children. 
a okay, professor of pediatrics. I can see it. I can see it from here. You're good. Okay. That's enough. People, people don't, people don't come here to hear you. A professor. Wow! Wow! Hold on a, a, a second. Professor of so, come on, come on, Creed. All right. A professor of pediatrics psychiatry at the Penn State College of Medicine, Levin has given lectures in various settings since at least 2012 on how to perform sex changes and gender conversion therapy on children. According to Levin, children ought to be given the latitude to choose their own gender. Levin has advised adults to buy, try not to force them one way or the other and instead to follow the child's lead. So in other, in other words, what Levin believes is what a lot of leftists believe, that you're neither born, born a boy or a girl, you're born neither a male or a female, you make that decision later in life. And so what we wanna do is chemically, medically block the onset of puberty. So we wanna stop hair from appearing in, on the genitals, voices from deepening. I mean, the things that happen during puberty, because what happens if those things begin happening to you, but you're really not a male? You just have male genitalia, but you're really a female. That's what they believe. This would have been considered so far to the left, way out there, I can't believe it, just a short while ago. Now this is mainstream. Joe Biden, who has built a career on being a moderate Democrat, appoints this individual to help make federal health policy. This is now the mainstream of the Democrat Party. This is no longer left-wing nut job stuff. Um, heavyweight champion, I believe I sent you a link to a New York Post page. I'm gonna read a little bit off of that page. If you wanna show the people what we're looking at, a society that can't debate trans ideologies effects on kids isn't a democracy. I'll tell you what, kill that. Let's do the let's do the, let's do the video first. So before we, we I read that, listen to what we're about. So get cut six. Uh, um, so Levin was up for. By the way, this is what we're going to do. Show. So we're going to listen to a lot of a video. I've cut it up to to three, four, five minutes. But this this simple. Doctor Levin came up before senatorial committee for confirmation this is a few months ago this is one of biden's earlier appointees senator Rand paul whom i've met i've smoked with Rand paul righteous guy i like Rand paul Rand paul asked some very uh, be non-controversial questions well that's the wrong term so some questions that you or i would not want answered i mean he didn't this isn't a gotcha this isn't some, Rand Paul is a doctor. He's an eye doctor, he's an optometrist. So he knows medicine. And he asks Levin point blank about the idea of disincluding parents from decisions concerning their own children's health care. And not just their own children's health care, but whether or not we want to prevent their children from going into puberty and admit themselves for surgery, whether or not we should allow children to decide, I want a double mastectomy, I want to go in and have my breasts removed and become a man, and not even let the parents know, let alone have the parents involved. So it's a very interesting issue.
exchange. This is about five minutes. Heavyweight champion, you can roll it whenever you're ready. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Hold it. Well, Senator, thank you for your interest Hold it right in there. this question. So I want to I want to set up Levine's answer before the, Levine's answer because I want you to really listen to what this person says. Rand Paul asked a, articulated a very clear position, very, very clear. Levin's answer, I'm going for you, is I'd be willing to talk to you about that. Will not commit to a thing. Listen to this. He asks him, her, it three different times and gets the exact same answer. Roll it. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the Internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we have believed that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff 
about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. Um, before I uh, okay. turn it over to Senator okay. Murphy, I do want to say, Dr. Levine. No, you know what? Uh, uh, let's listen to that. R roll it. Roll it back five seconds and hit that Apollo Creed. I forgot I put this on here. That the witness refused to answer the question. Um, before I uh, turn it over to Senator Murphy, I do want to say, Dr. Levine, I wanted to say I appreciated your thoughtful and medically informed response to Senator Paul's questions earlier in the hearing. It is really critical to me that our nominees be treated with respect and that our questions focus on their qualifications and the work ahead of us rather than on ideological and harmful misrepresentations like those we heard from Senator Paul earlier. And I will focus on that uh, as chair of this committee. Uh, so thank you. Were Levine's answers thoughtful and medically accurate or any of that stuff she is talking about? That was talking to a robot. All he did was sit there and say, if confirmed, I'd be glad to come to your office and talk to you about this. Rand Paul didn't ask, would you be willing to come and talk to me about this? He asked, should minors, should 14-year-olds be able to make decisions that will affect the rest of their lives? And this person could not answer that question. You want to know why? You want to know why he refused to answer, she refused to answer, it refused to answer? I'll tell you why. Because that's what they believe. But you can't say that in a confirmation hearing and with cameras rolling, with C-SPAN in the room, he couldn't sit there and say, yeah, I think we should allow 13-year-olds to make decisions to amputate their own penises and testicles without their parents' knowledge. Absolutely, we should do that. Can't sit there and say that. And then the Democrats surround this person and protect that individual and attack Rand Paul. So Rand Paul subsequently was beaten mercilessly by the left. I followed this very carefully at the time this confirmation hearing was going on. And after Paul's questioning, which you just heard, which was very reasonable, nothing outrageous at all. He, I, I looked at Yahoo News, CNN, I looked at MSNBC, I looked at all of them. I've got a screenshot, uh, which is, um, what do we got here, heavyweight champion? I think this is image, what are we up to? Is this image number seven, I think? Image number seven. So after I pulled this uh, clip up, I went ahead and did a, a, a word search in YouTube, as you can see there, and I just put in Rand Paul Richard Levin, Rachel. And here's the top three. But if you go to any search engine and put in those four words, Rand Paul Rachel Levin, you'll get stuff like this. Rachel Levin rises above Rand Paul's transphobic rant. Was that a transphobic rant? Should we allow children to make medical decisions without their parents' involvement? Senator Rand Paul slammed for transphobic cross-questioning during Dr. Rachel Levin's confirmation hearing. Rand Paul's questions of transgender nominee were obscene. And on and on it goes. If you go and do a search on those four words, you will find every major non-conservative, of course, Breitbart and what have you didn't toe the line, but everybody else jumped and piled on Rand Paul, called him transphobic, called him everything you can imagine, because he had the audacity to ask, should parents be involved in their children's medical decisions? 
It is unbelievable. And here's the thing, and this is the point of this show, is just how far the Democrat Party has gone, this parade of radicals are trying to get confirmed. If this had been, if the questioning had been, should parents be involved in decisions concerning their children's teeth cleaning? Should children get annual eye and mouth checkups? Should they see a dentist at least once a year with their parents, under their parents' supervision to find out how they're doing, are cavities developing, what have you? No one would have said a thing. The left would have been all on board with that because who wouldn't be on board with that? Of course, parents should be involved in their children's dental hygiene, annual checkups. But should parents be involved in children's decisions to amputate their breasts before they grow? You're a homophobic, transphobic uh, bigot. That's where today's Democrat Party is. Okay, so we're going to continue the parade of radicals. Let's go to um, let's go to Gigi Sewing. So let's bring up um, let's bring up let's bring up uh, image image two real quick, uh, heavyweight champ. So this coming up is there's Gigi Sewing. Uh, I already. Uh, Gigi Sowen is um, somebody that the administration wants to put in a position of responsibility at the Federal Communications Commission, at the FCC. You know what the FCC is. Here's the problem. Cohen is a far-left, anti-free speech radical. And what she really wants to do is to punish Fox News, Breitbart, I mean, any any right-leaning media, this individual has publicly taken multiple positions about shutting them down and shutting them off. Let's go to image number eight. This is a tweet. For all my concerns about Facebook, I believe that Fox News has had the most negative impact on our democracy. It's state-sponsored propaganda with few, if any, opposing views. Where's the hearing about that? Okay, Fox News has had the most negative impact on our democracy. Now, let's put her in charge at the FCC. Fox News always, always has people on both sides of the issue. When they do, so they have the news shows, and you have the news analysis shows, right? So next time you run into somebody saying Fox News just lies, they publish, they lie, you can't believe anything you say. Ask them this simple. On Fox News news coverage, name for me a single story that they had to retract because it was found to be untrue or inaccurate. Name just one. They can't do it because that doesn't happen. Now, on their analysis, their news analysis shows, Hannity and, and, and Laura Ingram and that stuff, those are opinion shows. And they almost always have both sides. They'll have a conservative, a liberal, and say the same thing about MSCNN. They bring conservatives on about half the time. Fox News brings liberals on all the time. But because people like Sowen don't like Fox News, their solution is to get rid of it. Silence it. It's a threat to our democracy because you present news and information that I don't want to hear. You need to be shut off. And hey, you can have that position, but not and work at the FCC, but not and help run the FCC. 
So let's go ahead and roll our next. So we, we, this Sowen was up in front of uh, Senatorial Committee for, for her confirmation. And I've combined two different senators questioning of her. I think this whole thing is about six minutes, uh, but it's very, very telling. And one of the people who questioned her is Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz is a ninja. Ted Cruz is the former prosecutor. I mean, he knows how to work you into a corner. He's good at it. And he came loaded for bear. Heavyweight champion, roll it. And as a policymaker, if I'm confirmed, I have to set my biases, even if I had a bias, I have to set those aside, look at the totality. Did of you the hear that? Did you catch that? So this is going to recur in this clip, so I want to tune you into it. They're asking her about her biases. She's clearly biased. She's very biased. She's been tweeting about Fox News for years. So she says, I'll have to set my biases. If I have any biases, I'll have to set them aside. So she caught herself in her own wordplay, openly admitted that she's biased, realized what she just admitted, and then tried to walk it back. Okay, from the top, heavyweight champ. And as a policymaker, if I'm confirmed, I have to set my biases, even if I had a bias, I have to set those aside, look at the totality of the record, look at the law, confer with my colleagues, confer with staff, confer with all of you, and make a decision. So I've got a list of comments here about Fox News. Are you biased against them? So the, you're referring to my tweets that are now pretty famous. Uh, I understand they're concerning to some, uh, and anyone who knows me knows I'm pretty direct, but they were made in my role as a public interest advocate. They were made in the context, oh, and I think context different. is very important. Uh, yeah, context of, of hearings, hearings and, and media reports. You know, maybe the tone was a little sharper. Uh, maybe I should maybe. have doubled it a little bit. But again, it was, it was part of my job, essentially, uh, as a public interest advocate. And do you think they're the only news agency that um, is state-sponsored propaganda? Let that's me your, that's your yeah. quote, by the way. Yeah, I, I know it's my quote, yeah. Um, I, I just wanted just to complete my thought. My opinions as a public interest advocate will have no bearing on how I behave as a policymaker. Bruce. If I'm confirmed. Hold it. Okay. Thank You're, you, Madam. My, my, so it was my job as a public policy advocate. Your job is to call Fox News state-sponsored propaganda. But if you're seated in a position of authority at the FCC, that'll in no way influence your decision making. These are the people that the White House is trying to appoint to run the alphabet soup agencies. They want to squash Fox News. They want your children to be able to amputate their testicles without your consent or knowledge. They want to kill gas and oil. Well, we haven't gotten there yet. These people would have been far left-wing radicals just 10 years ago who couldn't got near the White House. Now they're trying to appoint them. Okay, so here comes Ted Cruz. You know, there was a time a few decades ago when, when Democrats and liberals uh, believed in free speech and defended free speech, defended the rights of people who they disagreed with to speak. Uh, unfortunately, far too many of today's Democrats have abandoned any commitment to free speech. 
and we are seeing instead a confluence of liberals advocating for censoring anyone with whom they disagree, big tech eagerly taking up the mantle to censor those with whom they disagree, and government regulators having the power to facilitate, to encourage, or even force that censorship. Uh, Ms. Sohn, you know, I had a good visit in my office. I appreciated your coming by. Uh, as I expressed in that meeting, I've got real concerns about your nomination. Uh, and my concerns are in the context of the growing calls of the left to have more and more censorship. The Federal Communications Commission has enormous power. It has power over broadcasters. And it is also, particularly under Democratic administrations, asserting power uh, over big tech. When you were at the commission previously, you were a vocal proponent of the commission asserting power over big tech. In the public space, uh, you have been unabashedly a person of the left. Now that can be fine if that is combined with a commitment to free speech. Uh, in your opening statement, you said freedom of speech is the lifeblood of our American experience and has always been at the core of my work. And that commitment is important. It is actually something more and more rare on the left. And yet, your record suggests a deep antipathy to those with different views. What, how would you comfort a conservative concerned about censorship when they see your nomination that you would not, if confirmed, use your power as a government regulator to censor more and to silence those with whom you disagree? Um, and indeed, you said that, that, that I had the Fox News tweets, and you're right. Okay, those are great questions. And I'm not going to bother with her response because it's just a tap dance. You could you could imagine what she said. She said the same thing that Rachel Levin said. Just anything to get through this five minutes that you've been allowed, Cruz. So Ted Cruz nails it. He just nailed it. You are not in favor of free speech. All leftists today, they're in favor of free speech so long as that speech agrees with them. Okay, they don't even want plaques on parks in, in, in city parks if they don't like what the plaque says. They go down there with an angry mob and tear it down and throw it in the river. They're not in favor of free speech at all. They're only in favor of the speech with which they agree. So now Cruz has right behind him on these big those big cardboard cutouts some of her actual tweets. These are the things that she tweeted about Fox News, and now Joe Biden administration wants her helping to run the Federal Communications Commission. Roll it. I at least have some of them. Um, and, and I would note what your record says, um, November 6th, 2020. So do you still want me to believe that social media is more dangerous to our democracy than Fox News? 2020. Um, another one about Fox News, I guess. Old media can destroy democracy. Um, you have multiple tweets going after Fox News very directly. Now, look, you're entitled to have your own views. I don't agree with everything on Fox News either or really any news station. But 
It's one thing to have a view, it's another thing for the government to use its regulatory power to silence views it disagrees with. Um, some people home watching are regular watchers of Fox News. Um, how can they have any comfort that if you're confirmed, you won't use the power of government to silence them? Well, I'll make that commitment right here. But I would also oh, say that commits. I take any allegations of bias extremely seriously. I've been working very closely with the Office of Government Ethics on an ethics agreement, which I've signed. And if there's any question about my bias, I will work with them to determine whether I need to not participate in a proceeding. But I I'll do not believe I'm biased. Tweet. I do not believe uh, I'm biased, she which said. You said, which is the whole point of the hearing, to work the referees prior to the election so that misinformation, violence-inducing, and hate speech remain unmoderated. It's already worked on Twitter and Facebook over the past few months. Now, what is troubling about this is you're advocating for more censorship. You're advocating, and in fact, you're saying the, quote, working the refs is, is one of the talking points that, that Democrats use today to say that anyone defending free speech is working the rest. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you I, believe big tech should be censoring more or censoring less than they do right now? Uh, I don't have an opinion on that. I have an opinion. Should big tech be censoring more or censoring less? Is that a tough question? I don't have an opinion on that. Look at the job you're trying to get. I mean, that's, that's, that's like the dentist, uh, the dentist analogy I made it. You, you take your kid to the dentist, the dentist is sitting there looking at the x-rays and you say, well, what do you see? And the dentist says, I really don't have an opinion on this. That's your job. These radicals cannot and will not answer direct questions from people like Rand Paul and Ted Cruz because they can't. Because if they do, they will reveal to the world just how far left radical they really are, and in so doing, expose all who vote yes for their confirmations. And of course, all those votes are coming from Democrats. Vis-a-vis, everyone in the country would find just how truly far left radical the elected representatives of the Democrat party in this country have really become. This woman is mainstream. Do you think that Democrats on Capitol Hill, if they could push a button and censor Fox News, somehow knock Fox News off the air for 10 hours a day? And so instead of getting 24, they only get 14. Government imposed, 14 hours a day maximum. Do you think the Democrats on Capitol Hill, if they could push that button, how many of them would not push it? They all would. There may be a few. They'd censor Fox News in a heartbeat. They'd censor me in a heartbeat. So they're putting these radicals up to do it instead. Okay, let's move on. This next individual, Dr. Omarova, let's bring up image three real quick just to refresh everybody who we're talking about. This is the White House's appointee for the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. Very powerful position in the U.S. banking system. If you don't know who this woman is, this is a Russian communist. That is no exaggeration on my part. That is a matter of fact. She is a Russian communist. She has in favor of eliminating private banking, 
putting it all into the hands of the federal government, empowering the IRS, empowering the Fed, making you go to the government if and when you want to borrow money, not to a private bank in your city or town, but to the government. She's in favor of, she's a complete communist. And Senator Tim Scott, whom I also know, I'm doing some good name dropping, aren't I? I don't know very many senators, but those are two that I do. Uh, Tim Scott's a good man, good dude. And he used his five minutes in committee last week, did not ask her a single question. And at the end of his five minutes, he explains why he didn't bother asking her any questions. And his explanation for why he didn't ask her any questions is because she's already answered them all. She's already answered all of the questions that he would ask her. So this is Tim Scott's five minutes. I'm going to give it to you uninterrupted. I'm going to do my very best just to keep my big fat mouth shut because Tim Scott is a brilliant, brilliant man, would make an excellent president of the United States. And in this five minutes, he lays out the case that I'll take up when he's finished. Roll it. From South Carolina is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I do want to note that not a single Republican on this committee has mentioned anything other than your position related to your nomination. I keep hearing my friends on the other side refer to personal attacks. One thing I can say and be very proud of on this committee from these Republicans, not a single person has talked about anything other than your stated positions as it relates to this nomination. So any suggestions otherwise is simply hogwash. I want to be fair, and I will be fair. I won't be hyperbolic, but I will be frank and, and honest. I cannot think of a nominee more poorly suited to be the comptroller of the currency based solely on your public positions, statements, and the weight of your writings than you are. Let me just quote you versus anybody else. On the Green New Deal champion, you propose taking economic and climate policy making from Congress and creating an unaccountable bureaucracy called the National Investment Authority. In a roundtable this year, this year, you push to make the NIA the dedicated institutional platform at the federal level for really being the kind of fighting muscle of the Green New Deal and fighting muscle of, you know, all of these other movements that pursuing environmental justice social, economic justice, equality, and so on. Your disdain for the financial services industry. In 2019, in the documentary titled, I'll, I'll be kind, Buttholes, A Theory, you said, the financial services industry, in my view, and I don't think I'm alone here, is the quintessential butthole industry. Let's put her in charge Killing of American money. energy. In Jane Family Institute seminar in March of this year, you proposed bankrupting the coal and oil and gas industries, saying we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle the climate change. That's really hard to misunderstand. On nationalizing banking, last year, i.e. 2020, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago, just last year, Paper you titled, The People's Ledger, How to Democratize Money and Finance the Economy. You proposed 
reforms to, and I quote, effectively end banking as we know it by nationalizing, quote you have was effectively ending banking as we know it, how by nationalizing retail banking as it relates to the end of private banking. Your words, no one else's. This year, not five years ago, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago, this year, you said you proposed to imagine what it would be like if instead of a just a public option for deposit banking, just <laughs> instead of just a public option for deposit banking, this would be actually the full transition. In other words, there would be no more private bank deposit accounts and all of the deposit accounts would be held directly at the Fed. I want to say that one more time because this is what really, among all the other comments, it's quite disturbing. This is not a position that you took years ago. This is something that you spoke to this year. And I quote, imagine what it would be like if instead of just a public option for deposit banking, this would be actually the full transition. In other words, there would be no more private bank deposit accounts and all of the deposit accounts will be head held directly at the Fed. I don't have any questions for you because there's nothing you can say today to undo what you said for years, including this year. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Hung by a noose of her own words. Now, Dr. Omarovov, how do we pronounce her name? withdrew her nomination today. Thank the Lord we dodged that bullet. But the fact that the Biden White House put her up for the position in the first place is the point of this show. So this radical withdrew today. She attended Moscow State University. She teaches at Cornell, one of these $80,000 a year schools. People are paying that kind of money for, the, to, to, for their kids to be sent to learn from radicals and communists. As, as Tim Scott pointed out, and as was the case with Sohn, the, the previous person we looked at, these aren't things that they wrote and believed in college. You know, 17 years ago, 25 years ago, back when they were wide-eyed, 19-year-old uh, you know, mush for brains. These are things they wrote in the last 12 months. And the Biden administration clearly knows this, and they're putting them up anyway. So um, do I want to do the next one? Uh, we're running so I'm going to, well, heavyweight champion, cut 11. How long is it that the Senator Tillis cut? It is five minutes. Five. Okay, cue it up. So here we're not, we won't do the whole thing, but here's what I want to go with this. So Tim Scott began what you just heard by by admonishing, by by slapping the Democrats on the wrists and saying, "Look, those of you accusing us of of launching personal attacks are full of it. 
we're, we're asking about her record. We're asking about her beliefs. We aren't attacking her because of the fact that she's a woman or because of the fact that she's a minority or because of the fact that she's an immigrant. We don't care about this stuff. We care about the fact that she's a radical communist that's going to be controlling our money, theoretically. And Tillis, Senator Tillis, was got raked over the coals as being a, a sexist and a homophobe and a racist and all this other, because this is what they do. When they cannot stand substantively on the issues, they go to the personal attack card, and it's just because you don't like women. It's just because you don't like Asians. It's just because you don't like blacks. It's just because you don't like men who wear dresses every day. And that's the way they do it. So let's roll a little bit of cut 11. Senator uh, Tillis from North Carolina is recognized. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Dr. Amarova, thank you for being here. Uh, you know, I'd plan to spend my entire time uh, providing or giving some questions. I probably will get to some of the questions that Senator Warner and Tester did on the uh, Senate Bill 2155. But in light of comments made even by the, the prior senator, members of this committee, and certain members of the press, I want to make a few things crystal clear. Republican concerns with this nominee are directly tied solely to your extensive written record, period. We tried Full to stop. focus on what we believe are legitimate policy differences and maybe academic differences. But an article ran yesterday in the New York <clears throat> Magazine claims that any opposition, and it's been said in this committee to Dr. Amarava, is modern-day McCarthyism. It's telling of the journalistic quality of the article, which purports to explain Republican opposition to you, that it only quotes Amarova supporters while failing to include a single interview on the record or a comment from a Republican member of this committee regarding our actual views. Mm -hmm. Comments and, and, and or innuendo made in the article, and even this hearing today, simply <clears throat> implies concerns with Dr. Amarova's nomination or due to, and I have to say, Dr. Amarova, you've said it yourself, to being an immigrant, a woman, and a minority, which I think are categorically false. I've hired women, I've hired immigrants, I've hired minorities, people of different gender identities, and I believe that many of my colleagues really reject that premise. Chairman Brown, is reportedly livid that Republicans wish to ask about your written record and worldview, saying it's remarkable that we have stooped so low. I think it's remarkable that members of this committee are now chastised by the chair for expressing concerns over ideas repeated in numerous papers written by Dr. Amarova. The New York Magazine does get one thing right. It notes that the FDIC chair Helena McWilliams, a female immigrant who came to the United States from then communist Yugoslavia, did not face questioning about her upbringing in a communist state during her nomination. I have no intention of doing that either, nor have most of the members of this committee. That's because nothing in Chair McWilliams' prior career speeches, policy writings, indicated she would bring a central planning, technocratic worldview to her position as we infer from some of your writings and public statements. Dr. Amarova, on the other hand, has an extensive written record in that vein. I appreciate the New York Magazine's article help clarifying, helping clarify that point. As I did with Chair McWilliams, 
I will solely consider the content of your qualifications. And that's all they've ever done. And your written records. And should Dr. Ramarava feel that bipartisan reservations with her record expressed by sitting senators on both sides of the aisle are truly, and her being an immigrant, a woman, and a minority, do you believe that to be the basis for any of the questions that have been asked for you today, of you today? Yes, that's all they believe. Well, Senator, I am a woman, I am a minority, and Thank I am an immigrant. That. Thank you for that. That is who I Thank am. You for I cannot speak to anyone's personal reasons or professional reasons. But you've at, least said it, you've at least said it once that perhaps that was our motivation. But um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find any evidence today of that being the motivation of someone who may be concerned with your view, your academic writing, some of which you've said were just academic thoughtware, not necessarily something you wanted to put into practice. but. I just don't see any basis for the so-called McCarthyism and the, uh, the bias that so he's members of this committee right uh, have suggested is our motivation. I'm going to go real so. quick. I am going to go to a second round. Uh, I do have a question about your thesis. Now, this I know is that interesting. ranking member asked for your thesis about seven weeks ago. Uh, it was for not provided. Thesis. It was not provided as of the deadline. It's been included on your resume since 2017. You said you forgot about it the day after you wrote it. Um, mm -hmm. but, but why is it that you have, have not responded to this committee and only recently said that, that it's because you can no longer find it? Okay, so let's do the second part of that first. So she wrote a thesis. She is a graduate of Moscow State University and wrote a thesis, which she has been including on her resume, which she's been including as something to help her get hired at various positions, including, I'm sure, Cornell University, where they're happy to have a communist on staff. So the Senate committee says, we want to read this thesis. It's on your resume. It's on, you, you purport it's something that you're proud of. Let's read it. And her response was, I can't find it. Literally, I mean, I, just, I, I can't find it. You think there might be a reason she doesn't want the Senate committee to read this? Now she's withdrawn, so this is all water under the bridge. But remember the point, the people that today's Democrat party as embodied by the Joe Biden administration want running your country. A radical Russian communist who won't even submit her graduate thesis to the committee for investigation because she knows as well as I know, as well as you know what it probably says about her true beliefs. She doesn't want private banking. She wants everything centralized, just like it was in good old Russia, but she left Russia to come live here. And she did that for a reason, just like all these people do. And then the first part of what he was breaking down was the tactic that the left now uses. And that is you cannot question beliefs of these people because you're attacking them based on their ethnic minority status or whatever minority status they enjoy. Here's what you don't see being nominated by the Biden administration. White males over 50. So you notice this pattern. There aren't white males over 50. They avoid them like the plague. The only white male over 50 they put up there wears lipstick and a dress and identifies as a woman. See, to their thinking, with the exception of Joe Biden himself, who barely even counts because he's cognitively, we all know what's going on there. 
To their way of thinking, white males are the problem on the earth. All the problems that we have in the United States and on this planet are the result of white males. They've created climate change you know, by inventing other, the, white males have, are the source of almost all the issues on the planet. So why in the world would we want to empower that segment of the population by appointing them to even more powerful positions? That's why they're appointing all these people like whom you've seen so far in this, this podcast. And then if you attack those people's views, you're anti-woman, you're anti-minority, you're anti-immigrant. It is just remarkable. We're going to do one more. Dale Ho, H-O, Dale Ho, was is being nominated by the Biden administration to sit on a federal bench. He's being nominated for a judgeship. Um, this is a radical. This is an ACLU litigator who has had to apologize and did apologize in his Senate confirmation hearings over the things he's said and the things he's tweeted because they're so far out there. This is an angry little man, angry at the white man, and most specifically angry at Republicans and conservatives. And there is lots of good sound out of his um, confirmation hearing. I chose to go with Senator Kennedy, but lots of them zeroed in and said the same thing that Ted Cruz said. How can someone, uh, how, if somebody is a, a news watching registered Republican outspoken and they come before your bench in law how can they have any assurance or belief that they're going to be treated fairly how is that even possible so it's gonna be our last one um, been on the air a long time tonight but this is important stuff let's go with cut 12 please Did, did, did you say, I support compelled disclosure of political donations by wealthy individuals, but not by minorities? Uh, first, Senator Kennedy, thank you for the gift of the notepads for my children. You I really appreciate it. I don't recall using those words before, Senator. I, I, I do remember. Now. Okay. Oh, okay. I've got a bunch here. Um, he doesn't recall a lot of things. You've described yourself as a, quote, wild-eyed sort of leftist. Do I have that right? Senator, I think I was referring to a caricature of the way that I think other people may have described me, not how I would describe myself. <laughs> and I want to assure you that I understand that the role of a judge is to set aside whatever personal views right. that person may I, I heard your testimony. Um, Have you called Republicanism, well, strike that. Did you say, quote, Republicanism is an anti-democratic virus? No, Senator, I don't believe I've used those words. Okay, you're under oath now. Y yes, Senator, I, I, I don't believe I've used those words. Okay. I, I do remember saying here's, here's the, here's the last year that. that there was a loss of confidence in our elections that has spread kind of like a virus. Right, well, that's, um, a, that's a long way from uh, calling the Republican Party an anti-democratic virus. Yes, it's, it's very different, and I don't believe I used those words, right. Senator. Right, uh, if you did use those words, w will you pull down your, your nomination? 
Uh, Senator, I, I don't believe I've used those words. But if you did, will, will you withdraw? It, it, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario in which but I would I'm just use saying assume it. If you said it, will you withdraw? If I were quoting someone else saying it to describe that kind of sentence, I, I, I wouldn't be expressing my own views. But, I, Senator, I, I don't believe I've ever used those words. I've okay. represented... Did, did you... Um, did, did when you made you sent out those personal tweets about Senator Cotton, Senator Blackburn, and Senator Cornyn? Did you mean them at the time? Um, without hearing those tweets, um, Senator Kennedy, it's hard for me to remember precisely, you know, what was said or what I was thinking at the time. I do very much regret the tone that I have taken on social media from time to time. I know that I've crossed the line from time to time, and I when when you, when you crossed the line, did you mean it? Without knowing the specific context or the specific tweet that you're referring to, Senator Kennedy, it's, it's kind of hard for me to say. But well, do you generally tweet things you don't mean? Um, Senator Kennedy, I would agree with you that Twitter has become a very coarse place. I, I, I don't want to debate Twitter. Um, do, do you generally tweet things that you don't mean? Well, Senator Kennedy, I've contributed to the coarseness on Twitter sometimes by pushing the envelope to right, break but through. When you did it, did you mean it? it? It's hard for me to respond to that kind of generally, Senator Kennedy, uh, without a specific example. You're a smart example. guy. I'm sure you can. You either meant it or you didn't. You got two choices, door A, door B. Well, Senator Kennedy, I, I know that I pushed the envelope. Okay. Do you regret it? I, I do regret it, Senator. Do you regret it because you didn't mean it? Or do you regret it because it might cause you not to be confirmed? Senator Kennedy, I, I regret it because I think it's contributed to the coarseness of our discourse overall, and I, I think it would when, be when better. When did you have this this uh, epiphany that everybody has equal dignity and worth? When you were nominated, or well, I believe you're including you're, Republicans. Well, I, I believe you're referring to my religious faith. Um, no, I'm Senator. not. I'm referring to your coarseness. Well, the equal dignity and worth is a principle of my religious faith, Senator. It's also a principle of, of, of morals and good judgment. And you have demonstrated I, I'm, I'm neither. Mr. Ho, you're a smart man, I can tell. But I think you're an angry man. And I, I really have great concerns about voting for you. We, we, don't, we don't need federal judges who are angry. We need federal judges who are fair and can see both points of view. And you said these things. Thank you. Hung by a noose of his own words. Good for you, Senator Kennedy. Walked him right down the path using nothing but his own words. This man is the sort of person that you and I have encountered on the internet, on social media, for however long you've been on social media, just an angry Republicans are evil. Conservatives are ruining our country. They should all get out. They are a cancer on our society. That's exactly who this man is. There's just no, there's no question about that. He's made it clear. He tap danced it as best he could. I'm sorry for contributing to the coarseness and what have you, but that's exactly what he's been out there tweeting. And the Biden administration wants this man sitting in a federal judgeship. That's where today's Democrat Party is. 
So we're going to close it out with Ho. There's plenty of more people like this. Who knows? Maybe I'll continue this on Thursday. Um, but first of all, so um, I'm speaking now to the heavyweight champion of the world. Let's bring up that first web page, the Reuters story. And uh, just to give folks a, a quick look. Is it Reuters? Yeah, it's a Reuters story. You got it there, Apollo Creed? Oh, yeah, it's it's taking its time building, huh? Now, I'm not seeing, I'm seeing me through it. Is this a green screen issue? What do you see there, heavyweight champ? Yeah, I don't know what to do. Okay, you know what, I'll just, uh, that's all right, I'll just read it. Uh, you work on it, I'll read it. So here's what it says. This is, um... This is a, uh, a Reuters story that ran on December 1st, just a few days ago, right? In bid for New York federal bench, ACLU litigator apologizes for overheated tweets. Okay, first of all, this is an ACLU litigator. That should tell you all you need to know right there. Apologizes for overheated tweets. So what's he apologizing for? Let's see if we can bring up that second webpage, heavyweight champ, uh, quotes of Dale Hope. So these are some of the actual, uh, I sent you a second link for Dale Ho. It's just uh, www.quotes. Hopefully you've got it. If you don't, I can just keep on moving. Nope, I got it. Okay. So the context here is the Reuters story, December 1st. He's, he apologized for some of his coarse rhetoric, okay? He, he just apologized for some of the things that he said and tweeted in his capacity as a litigator for the ACLU. Now I'm not gonna read these, um, heavyweight champ, just scroll on down slowly, give people an idea. This is just the sort of thing. These are the sorts of things that this man has been tweeting and saying during the Trump years and, and prior. Okay, this is the sorts of stuff that he's been putting out there into the public sphere, for which on December 1st, he apologized uh, and told Senator Kennedy that he's sorry for contributing to the coarseness that social media has become. Okay, what he's doing here is he's tweeting out the things he truly believes. Yeah, this is a this is a conservatives are the devil, left wing lunatic. All right, you get the idea. Let's kill it, uh, heavyweight champ. So, you you th this is the sorts of stuff he's putting out there. This is his core. This is who he is. Gigi Sohn thinks Fox News should be censored out of existence. That's her core. That's who she is. She can't walk those tweets back. One of the things you've probably taught your kids, I've sure taught mine, is the internet is forever. Once you put it on the internet, that's that. She can't walk that back. She believes that Fox News should be censored and taken off the air. They want her CC. This man believes that this are the cancer that is making this country, that is destroying our democracy. They want him on the federal bench. 
This woman is a Russian communist who believes that private banking should be ended and it should all be state-run. The state should run everything, your savings account, your checking account, your automobile loan, your home mortgage, all of it should be run by the federal government. She's put that out there. She can't walk that back. This is who they want in charge of your money. So hopefully you're getting the scene. I just went through four nominees. There's dozens of them. And they're all more radical than the previous. Fortunately, they're starting to drop because they're getting the, getting the call, the call from the White House saying, okay, well, we gave it a shot. We're not going to get you through. Why don't you withdraw before you get voted down? And it's such a public spectacle. But these are all left wing. These are all people who are, these are all Bernie Sanders light. They're Bernie Sanders light. Bernie Sanders' platform in 2016 was too radical for the Democrat Party. Bernie Sa Sanders' platform in 2021 is the Democrat Party platform. That's how far they've gone. And they want this parade of radicals running the alphabet soup agencies that report to the White House. That's all they're putting up is people just like the ones we've talked about. This has been Uncle Tom Talks. So normally I end the show if you've been watching for any amount of time at all with, with uh, real fake headlines. I'm going to skip real fake headlines because we ran long. Tonight's real fake headlines will do on Thursday. And wait till you see the prize. i got a special sponsor. And if you win real fake headlines on Thursday night, your worries are going to be over. Your wildest dreams are going to come true. <laughs> Subscribe to Uncle Tom Talks. Visit conservative-daily.com often. Get on the newsletter. Give me likes. Give me reviews. Do what you can to throw a brother a bone because I'm trying to bring you the straight skinny. Text FREEDOM to 89517. You see it right there on your screen. And be right here for Uncle Tom Talks. We typically air between about 610 and 615 Mountain Time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Previous show sometimes goes short, sometimes goes long. That's one of the beautiful things about having this format. We're in control. But tune in for Uncle Tom Talks. I'm Derek Wilburn signing off on behalf of the two-time two, two heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed! <laughs> Thank you once again, everyone, for tuning in. This has been Episode 8 of Uncle Tom Talks. Remember, the most satisfying edition segment of Real or Fake Headlines coming up this Thursday. So stay tuned for that. And we'll be back with the man, the myth, the legend, Derek Wilbur. God bless you all. And have an amazing day.